Well, good morning, everyone. Real blessing to be with you today to celebrate God's gracious provision. Please uh, turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, standing in front of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, which says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Well, it feels like standing in front of an open goal. Surely you can't miss. That's why this morning I want you to picture in your mind's eye a Bournemouth striker stood in front of an open goal. Because that's going to help you to understand why, first of all, we're going to hit what looks like row Z, somewhere by the corner flag. Uh, and then we'll come back to verse 16 at the end. Row Z is 2 Timothy 3, verse 8. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men opposed the truth. Now, Janus and Jambres might sound like the latest Brazilian strike duo that the South Coast so desperately needs. But actually, they turn out to be men who miss the mark because they're truth opposers. They reject the word of God. They disobey the truth. Now, according to Jewish tradition, Janus and Jambres are the names of the two chief magicians in Pharaoh's court in the days of Exodus. If you cast your minds back to Exodus and chapter 7, you'll know that the Lord had said to Moses, I want you to say everything I command you. Speak what I command. So Moses was obedient to the word of God. He went to Pharaoh. And he says, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Let my people go. And of course, Pharaoh says no. And his heart is hardened. So Moses and Aaron go before Pharaoh. Aaron, he throws his staff on the ground. It becomes a snake. Pharaoh calls forward his chief magicians, and they do exactly the same. And these magicians, Janice and Jambres, well, they're able to mimic not only the staff becoming a snake, but also the first two plagues, uh, the plague of blood and the plague of frogs, and they're able to do exactly the same. But when it comes to the third plague, the plague of gnats, they can't do it. They're defeated. What are they doing? They're opposing Moses. They're rejecting the truth. They're disobeying the word of God. And so here in 2 Timothy 3 verse 8, the parallel is drawn between Janus and Jambres who oppose Moses and these men who oppose the truth. And Paul warns Timothy to reject these false teachers, these false teachers who miss the mark, reject them and stand firm, contending for the truth. Really, Janice and Jambres represent all that's going on in verses 1 to 9 of chapter 3. Just cast your eye down to verse 1. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. We're in the last days, between the, the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. There'll be terrible times. Look how people are described, verse 2. They're lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Look in verse 4 how they're described. They are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So do you see that? Verse 2, they're lovers of themselves rather than, verse 4, lovers of God. Right in the middle in verse 3, what are they? They're without love. They love self. They love money. They love pleasure rather than loving God. And he says these false teachers, verse 5, well, they've got a, they've got a form of godliness, but they, they deny its power, so have nothing to do with them. 
Uh, that's verses 1 to 9. In contrast to that, in verses 10 to 13, Paul says, Look, Timothy, you know how I've lived. You know how I've acted. You've seen me. You've heard me. You know about my teaching. You know about my way of life. You know about my purpose and my faith, my patience and my endurance. You know this. So 2 Timothy 3.16 felt like a simple open goal, but now it's been thrown off course potentially by these false teachers who oppose the truth, who oppose God's leader who's seeking to faithfully teach the truth. And Paul's challenge to Timothy is, well, what are you going to do? Whose team are you going to be on? Are you going to be on Janice and Janbra's team, those who love themselves rather than love God, or are you going to follow the example that I've laid out for you and follow in my teaching and my way of life? So verse 14 sets up verse 16 for us. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and become convinced of. This is the Apostle Paul writing to Pastor Timothy. This is the Word of God writing to Pastor Paul. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and become convinced of. And he gives two reasons. Continue because you're convinced, verses 14 and 15. Continue because you're thoroughly equipped, verses 16 and 17. Just look at those with me. Continue because you're convinced, verses 14 and 15. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So continue because you're convinced by those from whom you've learned it and the Holy Scriptures that have made you wise for salvation. Just think of the first of those, those you've learned it. Back in chapter 1, he referenced his grandmother Lois, his mother Eunice. He's just referenced his own life and ministry. Those you've learned it from, Timothy, whether it's your grandmother, your mother, or myself. And of course, Paul pointed him very clearly to the Lord Jesus Christ. Continue because you're convinced by the examples that you've seen. Continue in the pattern that you've heard and have believed and have held on to continue in what you are persuaded by and live by. And for the last 25 years, despite all of his faults and failures, you've known the person, the pastor, who's matched the example of his faithful preaching of Scripture with his life lived out before you, his example. In fact, if you've been in the church for over 50 years, you've got two men in the room who, by the grace of God, have sought to practice what they preach. Doesn't that want you this morning to cause your heart to sing to God in praise and thanksgiving? Thank you, God, for being gracious to us as a church here. Thank you, God, for your goodness and grace. Thank you, Jesus, as our chief shepherd, our great shepherd, our good shepherd. Thank you, Jesus, for providing faithful under-shepherds who preach God's word faithfully and live out an example before you so that you are convinced because you know those from whom you've learned it. You've heard what they've said. You've seen how they've lived. So Paul, continue because you're convinced by the examples that you've seen, but continue because you know the scriptures that make you wise for salvation. You know the word of God that has continually pointed you to Jesus. 
Uh, His birth and his life, his death and his resurrection, his ascension, his reign and his promised return. You become convinced because you know those scriptures have made you wise to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So Paul, continue because you're convinced not only from the examples you've seen, but also from the word of God that you have. Now 25 years is, is good, isn't it? But 30 years, well that would be a that would be a diamond anniversary, wouldn't it? You, you seem to not know what they are. Not Neil Diamond. Rosie will explain later what they are. 40 years. 40 years would be a ruby celebration, and you know that rubies are much better shade of red than cherry. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't turn around. Don't give up. Hold fast. Hold firm. Persevere. Continue with every breath. Long to follow Jesus. Continue because you're convinced. But continue because you are thoroughly equipped, verses 16 and 17. We come back to our open goal. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It tells us the origin of Scripture, where it's from. It's God-breathed. It tells us the purpose of Scripture. It is useful. Now, not only does verse 16 give us the the doctrine of inspiration, but it's written here in 2 Timothy 3 to to reassure Timothy, to reassure any flagging minister of the gospel of the adequacy of the Scriptures to accomplish the work that God has given him. The Scriptures here are God-breathed. They are inspired, or more clearly, they're expired. They're breathed out. They've come from God through his very breath, by his Spirit, to us. And Timothy's task, Timothy's task is to make sure that he, he uses the Scriptures correctly so that the voice of God is heard in the church that he pastors, and he can be confident he is thoroughly equipped for every good work. He's the man of God who is thoroughly equipped for every good work that God has called him to. What is he to do with these God-breathed Scriptures? Well, he's to, he's to teach and to train. That's positive. He's to rebuke and correct, which is negative. Paul, teach and train. Teach people about the truth of God. Teach people about the wonder of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help people to think rightly about him. Train people. Train people to know and love the Lord Jesus and follow his pattern and his ministry. But Paul also rebuke, challenge error. Correct, because people are drawn to be, well, we're drawn to be lovers of ourselves rather than lovers of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I love to be taught and to be trained. We love to learn new things, to grow in the grace of God, to understand more of our wonderful Savior and Lord, to continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's brilliant, isn't it? To be taught and to be trained, but to be rebuked and corrected, to be told that you've been thinking or believing, or acting wrongly, that you need to repent and turn around and come back to God? Well, who of us here likes that? So I wonder, think back over the last 25 years, how many, how many emails have you composed? How many texts have you sent? How many handshakes at the door have begun with the words, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I was thinking wrongly, I was acting wrongly, I was believing incorrectly. Thank you, Pastor Paul, 
for faithfully teaching the scriptures, for rebuking and correcting, to set me on right paths for his name's sake. As you come week by week, would you pray that you'd have a soft and tender heart to receive the word of God? Not a hard heart like Pharaoh, but a soft heart that willingly would be taught and trained, rebuked and corrected through the scriptures that are preached. So in sharp contrast to the false teaching of people like Janice and Jambres, who oppose God and disobey the truth, Timothy is called to stand firm, to continue to abide. Christian ministry is tough by definition. It requires a determination to continue in it. Timothy is told to continue. Paul, continue because you are convinced through people and through the word of God. Continue because you're thoroughly equipped with the God-breathed word that is useful to teach and train, rebuke and correct. And as for you, stand firm, continue in what you've believed.